Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's happening, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Gagan Pod here on Optus Sport. Unfortunately, we're without Mark Schwarzer. Who knows where he is? He's gone walkabout, apparently in Scotland somewhere, but that's fine because we have an all-star duo, Michael Bridges and Tommy Sorensen. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Tommy, good morning to you. Massive news overnight, and I think... I didn't want to go straight in on Bridgie with it, but Nuno Espiritu Santo has been sacked after just four months in the job. What do you make of this? I don't think it's any surprise. I think, you know, looking back at the summer, he was seventh choice, um, you know, and and he was never going to be given the time and obviously not the budget as well to to to, to do a, a build, a rebuild like he wanted it to. Uh, and again, I think... Three games, uh, three wins, but then I think it started to show with all the Harry Kane palaver that went on. Um, I don't think everyone was on board. Uh, and again, it's just been coming over the last three or four weeks with the, with the results, the way they played, and and obviously culminated against Man U with the fans finally, you know, turning on him. Um, uh, and again, the performance, uh, I think, uh, yeah. It was the end of of his reign for sure, and and when you when you heard that uh, there was meetings going on on Sunday night, you knew uh, Monday would be <laughs> would be change over day. It just feels it just Bridgie. It just feels so harsh, and it feels like this must be a dark day for Tottenham fans because yes, maybe Nuno wasn't the right fit for the job, but it just feels like he was set up to fail from the first day, right? It certainly does. And I'm absolutely devastated for, for a few reasons. For managers and coaches around the world that aspire to be managers and coaches around the world, when you see things happening like this after such a quick and short period, I, I give him the benefit. I, I was delighted that he was given the opportunity. Um, I wasn't too badly disgruntled when he got the job because um, I so, thought, like Tommy, there might have been a bit of a rebuild, a bit of a restructure, and he was used to that. And what we may have seen happen in January because of his contacts and what he did at Wolves when he, he got a lot of signings in with his connections um, with um, George Mendes, I think it is. So he hasn't been given that opportunity 10 games in. And the only people that are laughing now uh, is the bank balance that he will be getting because it doesn't, you seem to get paid more money when you actually fail, like we've seen with Sam Allardyce over the years. We've just seen it with Steve Bruce getting paid out a lot of money and with, with Nuno as well. And the other people that are laughing are Gunners fans because. If you'd have gone back to three games in, we're top of the league, they're bottom of the league. I'm sending all my mates messages going, there you go, how fun is this? The relegation battle. And Arteta has got a full squad at his disposal. He's got them back singing off the same hymn sheet. And Nuno Spiritus Santa, the team, I mean, no shots on target. I, I think what's quite ironic, um, uh, we talked about during the week, Lords, is that, that stat. The last time Tottenham Hotspur had no shots on target was under Villas Boas, back in 2013-14, and I think not long after, or it might have been after that game, he got the, the sack as well. Yeah, it was his final so, game. So Final yeah. game, so there you go. The, any manager that's getting no shots on target, I'll tell you what, I'll be worried about Rafa Benitez at this moment in time against Wolves, because they're playing and they've got no shots on target and they're two down. 
<laughs> exactly right, Bridgie. Wolves, uh, Everton are playing at the moment. Of course, the hours changing over there in Europe means we've started the podcast at about half time, but Everton really weren't in it in the first half. It's, it's 2-0 Wolves at the moment. Huang Hee Chan had a disallowed goal as well. And Rafa Benitez has been linked to that Newcastle job. Tommy, is there trouble going on at Everton at the moment? Oh, uh, again, uh, it was a tough from the start, obviously, with, with Benitez's Liverpool ties. I think they've been hit with injuries. I think Decore in midfield, uh, losing him, I think, was a massive. I think he, 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 was, he was their driving force early yeah. in the season when, when they were on, on top. And then Calvert-Lewin is, is still on the sidelines. So, so I think they are hit a little bit. But, yeah, it, 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 it reminds me a little bit of what happened last season. Again, they started on fire and then slowly just disintegrated. And, and at the moment... Um, yeah, there's not, you know, a lot to be positive about, really. Um, you know, they're, they're well-structured, but again, they, they still seem vulnerable at the back, and, and we've seen that today as well. You know, not, you know, not really posing a threat, but leaking goals. And, and you know, that's uh, that spells disaster right there. Live update, Benitez's job is safe. He's got a shot on target. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bridgie, I mean, Wolves, you look at what a, what a 24 hours it's been. Nuno Espiritu Santo is sacked from Spurs. And in the meantime, Wolves, with this result, it looks as though they're going to win this game. And they'll be sitting just one point behind Man United in fifth spot. Pretty good turnaround for a club like them. We thought once Nuno left and, and we know the Jimenez injury, he's back, scored today. It's looking good for Wolves. And do you know what it is? This could have been so different if they'd have listened to the fans and the media early on with the new manager because it didn't start very well. Yeah. Struggling to score goals, leaking goals. But when I, when I look at teams um, that are in trouble, I try to put a bit of a coach's head on myself and I look and think, if that was me in that situation, how, are we, am I in trouble? Are the players buying into what I'm bringing? And you could see Wolves were trying things. And the game by game, they were starting to get an understanding and you could see patterns of play developing with and without the ball. And unfortunately for Spurs, that hasn't happened. Um, and I think that's where it's been. The, the, the players and the fans haven't seen anything happening um, with Nuno. And I think that's why it has cost him his job. Whereas Wolves, the board and the directors and everybody involved must have looked at and thought, you know what it is? We can see a little bit of something happening. There's a bit of momentum. And... If you're given time and you're given enough opportunities to prove yourself, that that's what's happened. But I still, I'm still absolutely devastated for um, Nuno Spirit Santa. That's a Tottenham fan saying how horrible it has been and watching it. Yes, it hasn't been pretty, but I just feel for I feel for managers and coaches and and another Aussie guy that's gone through this situation that I feel for that had an unbelievable football career, Harry Kiel. It's yeah. happened to Harry a few times. Six games yeah. at Oldham Athletic. So people are changing their lifestyles, their livelihoods to go and manage teams and. It, it's not working out for them. Um, for me, the people that should have been sacked is some of the players at Tottenham Hotspur because three managers haven't been able to sort it out. Um, and some of them should be on bloody notice. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, you can't help but feel like Harry Kane has doomed his own manager here since he's come back into the squad. Tottenham haven't been able to get back to those winning ways. But Tommy, I want to talk about Tottenham because they came up against Man United and we, we, we focus on the negativity of Tottenham, but maybe it was a revival of Man United, which ended up getting him sacked. Ole switched to the back five. A lot of people were saying he was going to get replaced by Antonio Conte. And then coincidentally, he's played a very Conte-esque style, but he's completely battered Tottenham away from home. Quickly looking at the positives of it, though, is that a turning point for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? You know, again, I think it's a short-term fix. I think, I think he did the right thing. Uh, you know, obviously shoring up that back line uh, with an extra centre-half, um, you know, just being a little bit more solid. 
Um, and then they know with, with, with the pace and, and the creativity they got up front, um, you know, they, they can expose teams. Um, is it a long-term fix? Um, I, whew, um, I, I still, I still doubt it. Um, I, you know, I, where, you know, you got players, Rashford, where does he fit in? Uh, you know, you, you got players on the bench there that, uh, you know, Sancho, you know, Greenwood, you know, do they fit in a, in this system? Because you need two holding midfielders and uh, you need Ronaldo in there, I, I presume. Um, you know, and then if you're going to play with two strikers, does that suit the other players? I think I think there's uh, there's some questions long term, but again, I think he did the right thing, uh, especially after being exposed against Liverpool, and it worked in this game. I think they looked uh, very solid, they looked sharp, uh, and obviously Ronaldo, that pass to Cavani, I think, was out of this world, and obviously his his goal as well. Um, so you see his worth, and and again against the, uh, like Bridgie said. Uh, you know, a very, very bad Tottenham team that, that again, didn't manage a, a shot on target. So easy prey, I think. But uh, yeah, there's still, Solskjaer still got a, a job on his hands. That's the best comment I've heard, Tommy. Easy prey. That's what it was. If there's any team that Man United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needed to play in a vulnerable situation, I would have gone for Tottenham as well. Incredible to think that. But Bridgie, now, Antonio Conte last week was heavily linked to Man United. Now he's in London. The word is that he's very close to agreeing a two-year deal to begin with with Tottenham Hotspur. We've seen this before with Tottenham. I remember when Pochettino was sacked, how quick Jose Mourinho came in. It just felt uneasy about, it felt as though that, that deal was done in the background while Poch was managing. Has the same thing happened here? Has he, has he, did he already have the knife in his back before this game against Man United? I've been in the game a long time, Claude. I know how contracts work. I know how long it took to sort my own contract out. And I was just, you know, when I went from Sunderland to Leeds, that was a, a, a decent, uh, what, week of negotiations. And that was at yeah. the top end of the table. I've been in the lower division, signing for Carlisle United. It still didn't take, uh, um, as, it wasn't as quick as what you would think it would it would happen. This has been grumbling. They, they've definitely been in contact, mate. There, there's, there's no doubt about it because the minute he was sacked, I remember looking on my Twitter feed the minute he was sacked. Uh, I was scrolling down, and then it was like, "And Conte has agreed terms, or or is close to agreeing terms." I'm thinking, "Mate, that does not happen. That is just too uneasy." So I, I know that the clubs that are are set up really, really well. I know Man City do it very, very well because of the City Group. That you know you've only got a manager for a certain period of time, and if you've got a club vision and a philosophy and a style of of play like them, and I'll tell you what else, Brighton are very, very well structured like this as well. They look for managers that can fit into your, your style. They don't want a, a whole holistic approach to come on board and somebody to completely change the DNA of what you've built up because that can set you back and it can change, but it needs time. Um, and Man City will have a list of, of managers after Pep because he's not going to be there forever that they feel can still come in and fit that mould and what they're all about. Tottenham, I don't think do. It was desperation, and I think they've, they, 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 you know, other clubs will have a short list of managers they would like. Tottenham have just gone, who's a, who, who's available? Right, we'll give him a ring because this guy's getting sacked in a few days' time. So they've, I think they've approached him, knowing that Newcastle are after him, no Manchester United are after him. I thought, let's go in, and we, what, what I think Conte will do, and I said it to you about Newcastle United, he will kick some backsides in there. He will not hold back if it's somebody going to come in to rattle that bunch of players that I think have been pampered for a long, long time. And I'm missing, it's almost like a, a, a childish kid sulking after they've lost Pochettino. Mm. And Mourinho couldn't sort it out now. They've come in with um, Nuno Espirito Santa, who's not a shouting a baller. 
I don't think he got himself in with the players, but Conte, I'm, I think, will come in and absolutely rattle them. Um, and I was either hoping it would be him or Simeone because I think a few of them need a good hiding. Yeah, he's that top manager. Bridget, let, let, yeah, but, but let, let's be honest. If, if they can get Conte now, you know, for, for a team like Tottenham, who's, who's, who's where they are at the moment, you know, you're getting a manager who, who's won titles with Juve, Chelsea, Inter. Pedigree. Um, you know, a, a world-class manager. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why he's there is, is Paratisi, who's, who's come in as a sporting director who, who had links and worked with him at Juve, uh, you know, six, seven years ago. Um, I think he's been a big driving force behind the scenes um, because he wasn't in a summer when there was contact with, with Conte. And, and I think he's, he's the one who's been driving, I think, um, behind the scenes uh, to and probably maybe uh, sort he, of got him he, over the line. He's I the think. one that made the phone call at half time in the last match against yeah. Manchester United. <laughs> Yeah, and I, he was on the flight straight away. It seemed like uh, with 10 minutes to go, he was on the flight from Italy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> to take over for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's unbelievable the way it works. It's, yeah, but uh, l- listen, that's the reality of it. So it's, um, like I say, it, it doesn't give managers a lot, of, a lot of hope and a lot of faith when they want to aspire to get to the top. But um, when you're getting that kind of money, you get paid the big, big bucks, you're going to get made to make the big decisions and your head's mm-hmm. on the chopping block. Yeah, he's, he's brought a bit of pedigree and there's no doubt I think we'll see that famous Antonio Conte back five as well and, and and it'll be interesting to see who stays and who goes. Harry Kane is the biggest name that everyone's talking about and I wanted to quickly just, I don't want to rub salt in the wounds and keep going on Spurs fans. I know I'm conscious of you, Bridgie, as well. It's a Tuesday and I don't want to go too hard on you, but... Bring um, it on. Bring it on. <laughs> but I saw, a, I saw a post the other day come up by Sport Bible and it was, it was talking about the three best strikers in the world and it was saying, who would you take right now? Lewandowski, Benzema, and Kane. I was I was getting worried there because I was just about to tell you I'm retired. <laughs> wow. Carry on. Don't flatter yourself, please. Carry, Don't carry on. Yourself. I got carried away there. But but the Lewandowski, Benzema, and Kane. And it got me thinking about it. And I just think I know how you English are with your players. I don't think Kane is, and I don't think he's ever quite been on that highest echelon of world-class strikers. I think he sits just in that bucket underneath. I would put Kane with the Ed and Jekos, with the Chiro Mobiles of the world. I wouldn't put him in with the Suarez Lewandowski. Stop it, you. <laughs> Stop it. You go and have a look at his Premier League goal-scoring record over the years from the age that he's come through, right? And you tell me he's not world-class, okay? He, I, if you, you've given me them three players and... Out of them three players at this moment in time, I am taking Lewandowski, then I'm taking Benzema, and then I'm taking Harry Kane. If you asked me two seasons ago when he was getting 30-plus goals in the back two seasons, I'm taking Harry Kane, then Lewandowski, then Benzema. But at this moment in time, I, I, he's yeah, he, he's definitely up, up. He was up there before this season kicked off because he's done it in the World Cup, he's done it in the Euros. Has, has he, though? Like in the Euro- you tell me what Lewandowski's done the last World Cup and the last Euros. Yeah, I, I, I will say Lewandowski's been probably... But I, I look at a player, if you ask any... I watch a lot of Italian Serie A. You ask any Italian about Ciro Mobile, right? He's the starting striker for the national team. And I think most Italians will say he's probably the weakest player in the national team. No offence to him. He's won a European golden yeah. boot as well, something Kane hasn't done. He's you can't say that about Harry Kane for international duties because he delivers. Lewandowski doesn't. Immobile doesn't. He was heavily criticised these Euros. 
he was heavily criticised because, yes, he was dropping deep, but he wasn't doing what he was there to do, which was score goals. He didn't get them out of the group. He didn't get so, them to where they got. So look what's happened at the end of this season, going into the Euros and then start of this season. His head's been in a spin because he's had Manchester City knocking on his doorstep. I think he used his brother as his agent. He has not mentally dealt with that. He hasn't caught with it. Prior to that, this guy was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Benzema wasn't playing international football. Lewandowski wasn't performing at international football. Harry Kane was doing both. And I would say... At this moment in time, his head's all over the place. He looks out of shape. So I agree with you. At this moment in time, he's not. But before that, I'm going to back Harry all the way. And I'm a big fan of his and I'm his biggest critic. He He's nowhere near at this moment in time. Tommy, the way he's and going I, I th- at the end of yeah. his career, at the end of his career, will yeah. he go down as, as as that top world-class bucket of strikers? No, I, th- I think he's still got the... the- the potentials to do that for sure, and and like Bridgie said, his record is there. So so it's not like we, it's not something we can we we can ignore. But we have to take in the situation he's in now. Um, and and we as players, I've been in situations. You know, if your head is not in it, if your heart is not in it, you know, you can't perform at the highest level. And 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 he's certainly not doing that right now. So so, but again, it wouldn't be fair to then judge him on on the now, you know, and then sort of disregard the his career and what he can potentially do going forward. I think with a new manager could be a lifeline um, for him, a kick up the ass, um, uh, uh, maybe a change of style um, or he, he'll have to be moved on in January. I think, yeah. I think Tottenham missed the trick uh, with Man City's interest. They, they should have sold him. They should have got the money uh, that they could, re- uh, you know. So I think there's there's mistakes being made uh, higher up with with Levy and and the way he runs the club, um, and you know, as a player, if you again, uh, it just seems like he's not there. He's not mentally there, and it's affected the team as well, and it's left uh, Nuno as well in a horrible situation since the start of the season. So, you know, I don't want to. Judge. I still think he's a world class striker, and and if he does go on, or if he you know, if Conta gets him in shape, uh, he'll keep showing that as well. So I agree a little bit with Bridget. there. My last little, my last little bit. I've got to say, men, mental, the mental drain that is is on him at the moment. It, 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 when you when you get them demons and you get the doubt, like I say, it feels like you're carrying an extra ten kilos on your back and you you can't perform like that. And that's why I do feel for him because he's been let down by a guy that has mentored him for several years, and that's Daniel Levy. They had an agreement; it wasn't yeah. in his contract. That's naivety. So, but when you look at his, and the thing Harry's been let down with as well is injuries. He has had a lot of injuries that has cost him a lot of matches where he could have scored goals. Thankfully, Son stepped up. So Harry's had the niggles, but you cannot say 167 goals in 250 games for, for his club. And then when you look at his international record, 41 in, in 60 appearances, like it's, it, it is world-class. And he's a very, very all-round pedigree player when he's focused and when he's got his mindset. But again, he's going through the motions and I really feel for him. I do. I do. But um, I still put him in that category, Claude. I'm sorry, mate, with, with them players. No, it's good. I mean, look, I think he he knows that he needs trophies. If, he, if at the end of his career, he's going to be considered one of the best players, one of the best strikers yeah. to ever do it. He needs trophies. So and he knows you, that. Do you know, my, the, my one of my mates, Alan Shearer, his biggest thing, he's a Newcastle legend. His trophy cabinet is empty. When he left Black, um, Blackburn Rovers after winning that Premier League and he went to Newcastle, a big talk Man United and Ferguson wanted him. And I still think to this day, I, I, you know, I know Alan will say that he, his biggest regret possibly, even though he's, in, he's got a statue outside St. James's Park, mm. I think he would have preferred to go there in Uca- uh, to Manchester United to have a look back and see, see what he'd done. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's what they remember at the end of the day. But anyways, gents, I want to move on now to some of the biggest stories of the weekend. We're going to go with some highs and lows. 
and some talking points that came out of those games. Just a quick update as well. Everton have pulled one back. Alex Awobi scored, so I'll keep you guys posted on, on that one. Uh, maybe we did speak a little too soon. But um, looking at some of the highs from the weekend, Chelsea, a comfortable win against Newcastle. 3-0, and the latest rumour is that Unai Emery could be the man to now come in at Newcastle. He's the newest name to be tossed up. But, um, Tommy, who is the man to take Newcastle to the next level? Bridges said that they're going to wait until the international break to replace. What did you make of that game? Was that Chelsea too good or Newcastle potentially at threat of relegation here? Oh, I think it was a, a clinical, again, um, what we say in week, week, week in and week out with, with Chelsea. I think they were... You know, to- they totally outclassed Newcastle. I think uh, I think the possession was eighty to twenty, um, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't really offer a lot of a lot of threat. Really, Newcastle and and you know Chelsea just so well drilled. Yes, we can talk about Lukaku being out, uh, missing a striker, but you know just the system, um, the intensity, the the you know the tactical. Um, prowess that they have and that Tuchel have got them in. Um, yeah, it's just whoever they put in. We've we've seen it over the last couple of weeks with the wing backs. You know they've changed both wing backs, uh, and and uh, Chilwell and and um, uh, Rich James. James yeah. You know they yeah Rich James yeah just on fire. Um, and they've become you know so important for 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 that team and and that is a great support for the front line. Um. So yeah, they're on fire, and I think Newcastle. Um, it, it's a big job there, you know, because I don't think they have the players, um, and you know, not a lot of time. Even though January, you know, we, we can say they can spend. They first need to get the, the manager right, um, and then you know, get a couple of players they can get them over the line um, for this season, and then obviously it's going to be a long, long-term build. Um, but short-term, there, there's worries for sure because. They haven't showed a lot, and and again, Bridgie, you 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 played there, you you're a fan there. You know, it's it, it must be worrying short term. Yeah, of course, it's worrying short term. I mean, the biggest thing for me was to make sure that we're safe for January because going to January, making a lot of wholesale changes with new signings coming in, doesn't guarantee you instant success. So if you're in that relegation battle and you you're you're adrift by January. There's a lot of players are going to think, hang on a minute, if I sign for Newcastle, I could be in the championship. There's managers going, this this is a, this could be very, very dangerous. So, you know, the person that comes in now has got a mammoth task dealing with these players. Uh, and I looked at the, the bench at the weekend. I thought, you know, I haven't seen Fabian Shaw, one of the player that I think should be playing that back line for Newcastle, should have been in there. Um, the other guy, Almiron, the one that's got the pace and Joe Willett, they were, they were on the bench. And I, I just thought that the Newcastle bench looked a lot stronger and then some of the, the actual players that were in the in the starting lineup. So that is a strange, was a strange one for me. And then I looked <laughs> looked at Chelsea's bench, and I'm going, hang on a minute. He's rested Aspilicueta. James gets two goals. Alonso, who was in my fantasy league team a few months ago, uh, month ago, uh, Chilwell comes in. He scored a goal in every other game apart from the Newcastle. It, the the squad depth is just absolutely laughable uh, when you when you yeah. see it. And no wonder there's such a big gap when you can rotate like Chelsea can. And I, I still stand by it, Clotes. Still think they're going to do the treble in some in some manner, um, and I really feel for Newcastle. So whoever comes in has got a, a, a monster task, um, but they've got to make sure that they are safe by January. Otherwise, they won't be able to attract the players. Um, they'll just be able to do loan deals because nobody will sign, knowing that they've got to take a wage cut to go into the championship. Would Una Emery be a good fit? 
I'm looking forward to seeing him back because I love Dar- um, Darren Farsi, the, the comedian that takes <laughs> off all the managers. And I've really missed seeing him do an, an IM when he goes, I just absolutely love him. So, um, Listen, if it's if it's Unai Emery, the, the guy that I would say off Sesame Street looks like count, the count. Remember the the count yeah. one one hundred. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing him back. And and again, like Tommy says about managers, when you have a, a winning formula, which he does, he's proven that the you know the, I think the Europa League is basically his. It's got his name written all over it. Um, and he did have a better record to Arteta after the amount of games when he when he was sadly when he was gone. So yeah, that would that for me that that fits. That that seems like a really a reasonable um option. It's not like it's not a crazy option. It, it's actually doable and it makes sense. And he's the king of the Europa League as well. Yeah, so. I, yeah, yeah. And you're getting a manager in that sort of I would say just below the the top, uh, even though he's, as you say, he's won, but he's probably not regarded as the top five manager in the world. But he's still he's not a Champions League manager, is he? He's that second second tier. Yeah, yeah, but but you're getting one with huge amount of experience who, who's been able as well to to work uh, with a sort of a, a cut down budget, a short term, and and uh, seems to have a good philosophy um, that that gets results. Yeah. So I think you know, I think at least. You know, to to get them started, I think he he'll be a, a a great manager. And I think it was Graham Jones that I said to you, Claude has been given the opportunity to take the team until that final. I think the next game's Brighton. Yep. And the one they're really looking to make a stamp on is that home game against Brentford, that they feel is winnable and it will do a massive lift for the manager that comes in in that in that period. They don't want the manager coming into a, a defeat early on, and that'll give them an international window to look after Newcastle United, get on the training park. Um, and work with that team for that two-week window, obviously, because there's not that many will go away for the international break, um, mm-hmm. and get some kind of structure and organisation in there. And even Graham Jones afterwards, his his job after the game, he said, we need somebody in ASAP. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's an honest guy. He knows where he stands at Newcastle night. And I really respect what he did. Because he, he could have quite he said, oh, I'm going to go for the next game. But he, he acknowledged the fact that he needs help because he, he he respects Newcastle United where they need to be. Quick one for you, Bridgie. Um Reese James, they, they 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 did manage to hold Chelsea up for 65 minutes, but then Reese yeah. James scored two goals and there's this debate going on on social media. It always sparks up every time one of these two players have a blinding performance. It's Reese James or Trent Alexander-Arnold. I wanted to ask both of you, I'll start with you, Bridget. You're picking a team at the moment. You can only take one of these two right backs. Who are you taking? Trent Alexander. Okay. Didn't even more, have to think about it, Tom. More, con- more consistent <laughs> over the over duration. I love Reese James. It's a lovely problem to have. Don't get me wrong. I think James is probably a better defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trent's passing abilities range, but I, I, ju- I just think he's special. And when Southgate tried him in the midfield, I thought it was a, a joke because on that on that wide area when you whip the balls in, there's the I don't think for me personally, I haven't seen anybody deliver a ball as good as David Beckham um, as Trent does. Mm. Tom, you know I think Rhys James has taken a, a huge step um, this season. Um, I think you know to to add the goals to his game. Um, I, I love the the power, as you say, defensively. He, he looks strong, um, and you know it, I think it's neck and neck there. Um, I think uh, probably at the moment, I think Rhys James probably got the the foot in front, but you know again, it, it's a tough choice, and isn't it's it, a great choice. I'm isn't sure, it a lovely I'm sure problem Southgate, to have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great and and we could we could add a few more there I think on that right hand side uh, as well uh Kyle Walker there's others uh, well, so, so that's as well. probably the strongest 
The one yeah, I wouldn't be throwing so in there, I... the one I'm not putting in there, I'm, I'm pleased you didn't ask, but I'm going to throw him in there. I think Wambasaka, he's looked absolutely <laughs> honking this season. The, the best clips of him this season was when he, he's been yeah, trying to dive Bridget, in and been... make tackles and he slides off the field into the fans. He's mental. <laughs> yeah, but again, I think, I think yeah, he's been exposed. And I think we saw against Liverpool, his his judgment of when to press, I think was 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 wrong, but we don't know what he's been told by behind the scenes. But I, I definitely agree he's not he's not in the same class as the two others or three others we've we've discussed for sure. Well while while we are picking England teams, I'm gonna to go to another game from the weekend. It was the first one we played Leicester at home to Arsenal. Arsenal win 2-0 quite I mean I wouldn't say comfortable. Leicester dominated proceedings once they were 2-0 down, but Arsenal dug their heels in, won the game. It's a tough place to go, the King Power. And Tommy, I wanted to talk to you about Aaron Ramsdale, because this guy has, uh, there were so many question marks around him when he was signed. He's come in, he's changed that team, along with Gabriel and Thomas Partey, definitely. But I wanted to talk to you about that. England at the moment, if you're selecting a team, is he the best English keeper that we have in that league? Definitely on form, I think he is. Um, I, I know to a position of, of goalkeeper, there's there's a lot that goes into it. So, and, and again, Look at the Euros. I think that there was question marks, you know, with Pickford. Uh, I think he had a good good Euros actually. Um, probably by a bit of shakiness in in the semi final. I think he he was pretty he was pretty uh, pretty strong. Made some good saves. So I think that counts for something going forward. Mm. But definitely, you, you know, you're looking at Ramsdale pushing him now, uh, and especially with Everton's form sort of drifting off. I think uh, and Arsenal uh, on the ascend. It's it's gonna help uh, Ramsdale um, down the line. Uh, he, he just needs to wait for his chances, um, you know. And when they come, he just needs to to get in there and and prove uh, that the form he's in right now that he can sort of translate that to the international level as well. But looking at the weekend, um, I think it masks Arsenal performance a little bit that yeah. that he 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 docked them out like late yeah. in the game. He had four or five saves. Yes, everyone talks about the free kick. Uh, fantastic uh, save, uh, but he had a few others as well, and and it could have been a different scoreline. I think Leicester will be kicking themselves that they didn't wake up early on. And and tactically, I think Arteta did well. I think he actually exposed them uh, a little bit by you know the way he, he set it up with you know uh, the the two wide at the top, and then you know they they got um, you know just yeah they just outmaneuvered the the Leicester midfield. Uh, and again, scored from a set piece as well. So, um, but it's still Arsenal. I still got my doubts about them. You know, they're still <laughs> come on. Still they've got nine, and, that, nine in a row, man. He's good. Yes, he, I, I agree. Got with the you manager of the month no, no, award. He's kicked on. Yeah, no, no they've they've done well. I, I definitely, I'm so surprised that they've turned it around. And fair play to Arteta. But uh, you know. It, there's still still things there to improve on for sure, and and I think uh, yeah, Leicester will, was disappointed to, Tommy, to lose that game. Tommy, I've got a couple of questions for you because I know you know these guys. They they your they're from your um, country. Peter Schmeichel, his son's at the other end of the field in goal for Leicester. Peter Schmeichel puts a tweet out. Oh, that's the, one of the greatest saves I have ever seen in years. How would that have gone down between the Schmeichels over the dinner table? His son, <laughs> his son would have been fuming, surely. Uh, you know what, uh, Bridget? You know, game recognizes game. Uh, so I think uh, I think Casper uh, would have uh, applauded it uh, right. as well. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, not yeah. So you know, we uh, you know, even though we want to win, uh, we you know, I'm sure when you see you know a couple of Shearer's goals, you you can sit there and, and say, yeah, actually, 
I, I, I scored some great ones, but he's also up there. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the second question I've got for you, I thought it was brilliant, Ramsdale. So he was getting a lot of stick from the Leicester fans. And instead of letting it get to him, he actually embraced it. So for the, for the listeners, and you get a chance to go on the Upper Sport app, I think there's a few things on the Twitter feed where you'll see Aaron Ramsdale about to take a goal, a goal kick. And what you get from the away fans, they sing, they go, whoa. And just before you kick the ball, they tell you how bad a player you are by saying, you're bleep. Ah. <laughs> and what I love is when he kicked the ball, he turned around and he gave a fist pump to the fans going, ah. <laughs> and he, he, was, he was encouraging it and he embraced it. Obviously, what do you make of that? And did you ever have any antics like that or did you just shut off? No, I, I think it's a great way of dealing with it. Uh, and it's a bit of banter. I think, it, you know, it's... It's part of what the fans probably want as well. You want to see emotions. You want to see a bit of back Reality. and forth. And yeah, and, uh, yeah you know, I, I, again, I, I used to, you know, I used to get obviously every time, especially at Newcastle, I think every time I was up there, even when I went to Villa, I used to yeah, get abused. And again, you know, you, why not? Why not go along with it? Like, There's no point you know, making it into a problem and yeah, you go around and you applaud them after the game, you go down and you make an effort just to applaud them, you know, <laughs> just to give them a little bit back and, you know, yeah, good on him. I, I yeah. think, uh, and again, you know, he would have been laughing inside, you know, obviously he knew, he knew he would, he would be played a big part in that win. You know, then you stick it to them as well. Yeah. You know, you well, go back and the other good <laughs> one, the best give feeling. Tell me the other good one they give him, they will tell them how he'll never be England's number one. And I just thought it was a really good comeback. So they, they really tried to smash him and he just embraced it. And I thought, yeah, we saw a human, a human side of him and I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, good on him. It was a top save. Tommy, what's your best ever save? My best ever save? Do, do you remember? The, does that uh, stick out as a again, uh, There's that many to pick course, from. How, how can you do that? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, you know, I was trying to look at sort of best saves ever and, and obviously... I had to take all mine away there. And, uh, you know. <laughs> hey, I saw you make a no, few it's, good it's, ones in training against Kevin yeah, Phillips when they're no, going I, the top I, corner and the big Danish arm came out and went, have that, Kev? Yeah, no, there's, 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 there's different ways to judge it. You, know, you, you can make a great save in a game where it's not important and then you can make a, a save in a game that, that uh, obviously wins you the game or at, at a crucial point. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's difficult to rank, but obviously from sort of uh you know own positive view that that penalty save i made with with, with Sunderland Bridgie was there with, with uh, Alan Shearer um at a crucial time where we had to win in a local derby you know those those things are it might not be technically the greatest save but it's probably the most important save uh you know i ever made uh you know early in my career in england so you know and that's you know set me up for uh, you know for for the you know, for the time forward. And back in the day, you know, we, we got to look at, you know, uh, you know, social media, you know, if you make good or bad things today, you know, obviously Ramsdale, as soon as he made that save, Smichael tweets it, it flies around the world and, and it gives him a lot of credit. Uh, and it works both ways nowadays. You know, we, we, we didn't have it back there. It was obviously just match of the day and that was it. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so it has changed. No, it has changed a lot you know, good and bad. I think today, if you make a mistake, uh, you know, again, we saw with Carrius in the Champions League final, you know, how he was exposed and how he was, you know, it was sent around people in America who had never heard of soccer, of football, you know, that were suddenly, you know, talking about Carrius and what a, what a, and everyone knew his name. So, you know, it, but Ramsdale, you know, he'll get a lot from this and, and 
you know, my saves uh, were close to his save, but I thought it was it was it was top top class. I don't think I've I've made a, a save like that. But- I wouldn't say yourself short. I think we'll get off to sport to look at. We'll get off to sport to make a little highlights package. What do you reckon, Bridget? We'll get the black and white footage out of Tommy Hassarenson back in the day. <laughs> oh, well, if you're getting black and white footage of Tommy, I'll, I'll no doubt be on there, mate. You, look at these young kids, Tommy. I think it was young, just, I think, I think it was kids. actually just collar. I think it was just collar when I started. Do you know what is funny, though? I've got to say the quality of the, the footage these days, and you do go back, people send you stuff online to say, oh, I remember this goal back in 2001, Bridget, when you scored. And you look and you think, that seems like a really long time ago. And the footage is terrible. But back then when we watched Match of the Day, it looked so crystal clear. And I know I've got my glasses on nowadays, but it's incredible where we've come from. So it won't be black and white, but it will be blurry. Yeah, I'm going to have a bit of fun with you guys. No, nonetheless, definitely, there's definitely a highlights reel there to be watched. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Guys, I want to move on to, you mentioned the, the young generation. Me and Bridget were saying it was a weekend where your veterans around Europe, like your Zlatan Ibrahimovic's, your Lewandowski's, your Ronaldo's, your Cavani's, the veterans were stepping up. Also some young talent. And I want to talk about one man, Declan Rice, who put on a show for West Ham. They continue to impress everyone. They're equal points with City in third. Is he, and this is the question coming from Optus Sport, is he the most underrated player in the Premier League at the moment? Oh. I don't think he's the most underrated because anybody inside the game that understands the game and has played the game um, knows exactly that that position is probably, it's the position that I would say is the most unsung position in football, if that Mm. makes it more correct. I had a guy at Sunderland with Tommy Kevin Ball. Couldn't couldn't pass pass a ball to save his life, but he'd tackle, win the ball and give it to players that could do it. David Batty at Leeds United, unsung hero, actually won us so many games, broke down attacks. Um, and obviously, Makaleli was the man that made that position famous. And I think Declan Rice is that kind of kind of guy. Michael Carrick, another player that I felt didn't get enough recognition for the role that he did when he was so good at West Ham, went to Manchester United and was basically the mainstay on the team sheet every time. So Declan Rice will always be the first name on that team sheet wherever he plays or whatever club he is at. Um, I don't think he is underrated, mate. I think he's he's overlooked because of that position. But I, I he mm-hmm. is absolutely... I dread to think what his price tag is because the the, the best thing for me is my, um, Newcastle United said they were looking at I'd getting him. I don't care how much money they've got. They, he won't be going to Newcastle United. Um, they'll have to look at somebody like... Uh, and I don't want to say it because obviously um, I, I do love him and I love him at Leeds United. You're looking more like a Calvin Phillips. That's who you could buy if you're going to Newcastle United. You can't get Declan Rice. Um, no. He's he's amazing, and his stats show that. But again, I think it's the position that gets overlooked. Yeah, but I also think you know now you're talking about Kevin Ball and David Batty. I think it's one of the positions that's probably moved on the most. You know, you you you're talking about obviously those players not be the greatest passers. They're just being a a break of of play. Um, I think you know now you you're seeing. Uh, Kante, you see Jorginho, you've seen obviously Declan Rice. Yeah. You know, they've been so important, uh, especially with this 
you know, new attacking and more sort of open football with, with you need those players in, in the modern game. Uh, and, and the teams like Man United, who hasn't got those players, yeah. they're struggling. Uh, and again, West Ham, uh, he's, he's hugely important. And then he's got that, you know, what the old players have. He, he's got, he, he plays for the badge. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a culture maker. You know, he, he puts it, his foot in um, on top of having the, the, the technical and passing ability. We, we saw it, obviously, against Villa. You know, the pass for the first goal uh, out to the wing, then obviously his strike for the second. You know, so he, he's, he's a total player and, and I just love his attitude. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's, he's the heart of that team. And, and again, it's going to cost a lot. But I, I would pay. If I, was, if I was United, I would... Whatever you want, I'm going to pay it. We're going to put everything <laughs> yeah. on it. Claude would, would make a massive difference. The guy that he could actually emulate, and here's one for you. I know you love your Italian league. Mm. Pirlo. Yeah. He's look- got the passing range. He's got the engine. He shows he's got... I don't think he's as good a finisher as Pirlo, but I'll tell you what, man, everything that he does, um, and I think he breaks down attacks just as well. That If I'm looking for somebody that I could say in that position that has got the quality. Cause I, I used to watch um, these YouTubes. I can't think what the names are. And they used to do techers mm. and they got Declan Rice on when he was, I think 17 at West Ham. And they came off this YouTube. They did skills and tricks with deckers. And they said, they actually nicknamed the whole show techers with deckers because, mm. and they said, I've never seen anybody that we have seen in the professional game with this much ability and skill. Um, and that was credit himself. And he's just gone on to a whole new level, mate. Yeah, Pirlo. Did, did, did Pirlo ever? Did he? Did Pirlo ever tackle one? Did, did Pirlo ever make a tackle? <laughs> well, he didn't. Yeah, he he didn't need to, you, I, think, you, I, think, I think there's a big difference there. Juve always had the ball, mate. <laughs> yeah. He had Gattuso next to him for years, which did that job yeah, for him, yeah, right? Yeah. He didn't have to worry. Got about the balance time. right, huh? Got the balance yeah. right. But Tommy, I wanted to ask you as well about Villa because they lost four one at home. They've averaged now in their last four games, they've averaged three goals conceded since they won at Old Trafford. They're only three points clear of relegation, your former club. And on paper, it looks like a very good side, despite losing Jack Grealish. What's going on there? Well, I think they're just struggling all around uh, of late. Uh, I think that game against Wolves hurt them a lot, confidence-wise. Uh, I think they've been leaking goals. You know, again, Tyron Mings was obviously uh, on the bench uh, for the for the weekend. He's the captain. Um you know they, they played with Trent Saber at the back, and obviously it was it was it was House and, and Conson. We know how that went with with the sending off. So I, so I think you know we, we you know I think they're looking decent going forward. Uh, Inks is obviously uh, a, a, was a massive miss for them. Uh, I think Bailey is a good player. Buendia, I think um, you know is is still not hit probably the the top level, but I think he, he's moving in the right direction. I think it's at at the back. I think that you know Martinez, ha, you know he has to do too much, and they're, they're just leaking too many goals um, at wrong times. Um, you know, again, we, we saw it against West Ham. You know, they, they're sitting too deep. Uh, they don't get pressure on the ball. If you look at both goals, I, I think the defenders could have done uh, first goal. He should have showed him down the line, not inside. Second goal, I think they're too passive. They give Declan Rice uh, too much time. They don't not closing him down. They've got plenty of people behind the ball, but but you know they're not aggressive enough, and I think it, it's costing them at the moment. We saw it against Wolves as well. That that, that uh, three goals late on. Tommy, do you still speak to anybody at Aston Villa behind the scenes? Is there any coaches that are still there? 
No, they've all all changed. I've only they've got a couple of masseurs and and a, and a doctor that's still there. You know, everything has changed. Well, uh, even up the up the sort of leadership uh, directors. Uh, it, it's a total change since 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 I was there. Uh, even player wise, there was there's not one player that I that I played with. So uh, well, the only I still, reason I, ask- I still I still speak to yeah. The only reason I ask is yep. because there was a there was a big move in the summer um, from the coaching staff was John Terry defensively. I know he came in and he was um, getting ground. I didn't know if that had had any effect with the coaching methods and why they were leaking so many more goals than what they had done last season. I didn't know how in how much of an impact or how much of a say John had had with the back four or back five. Yeah, but again, they've got a, a set piece uh, coach coach now uh, on you know on top of it. Um, so uh, again, Ashley Young is there. Uh, he's come back. Um, well, you said so they've got a set piece coach. Bit. So he's saying every yeah. team is every yeah, team's got getting got... them these days, man. It's it's ridiculous. Just yeah, for yeah, set pieces. So yeah, so coaches, yes. managers, and coaches and assistants now don't know how to do set plays. So um, <laughs> what 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 they do because they've never been in the game long. What they do, they give jobs to. Um, set play coaches, yeah. Wow, yeah. I never knew that was a thing. That well, seems very it, niche. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I t- tell you what, I am. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. I apologise profusely, but if you can get a chance to have a look for, he's not there anymore now. Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp employed him, and he was a set play coach, and he he had about thirty to forty different throwing mechanisms and triggers, and um, that Klopp wanted because he saw a throwing as possession and ways mm. to keep it. And they always look for the switch from Trent to Robertson to mm. try and expose the opposition when they all got on one side of the field. Um, and he left Liverpool last season. He's done a, he's done a, oh, I think it's a 20 page document online somewhere. And now uh, he's used as a consultant for other clubs around the world as set play coaches. So I don't know how that works because if you're working for one club and you're telling the other club how their set players are working, that's cross conflict <laughs> anyway. But uh, the, the actual article if you can find out who the guy was I apologise and um, that were for Liverpool and it's an unbelievable read um, and he, he gives figures and uh, facts and figures he's got diagrams up there and he's got footage to show how we used to get Liverpool out of um, tight areas in the defensive third brilliant I wonder if that famous corner taken quickly was his that was anything to do with his tactics the one in the Champions League but um, definitely to- not but he will claim it <laughs> he'll claim it that was just <laughs> genius from Trent let's go to another big storyline from the weekend this was City at home, and City have really looked like they went to another level after beating Chelsea. They A lot of people saying they were the favourites now to go on and win the Premier League. A bit of a reality check, though, at home to Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace. And we've been saying this was coming for Vieira's team because they were playing some very good football. They got good players. Conor Gallagher was in the mix of it once again. Tommy, what do you make of that? Is that just another speed bump in, in cities? Is that it was just an off day, or does this emphasize why they need to get a striker. They held so much possession. They didn't create as many chances as they should and they were punished down the other end. You know, I think, again, yeah, potentially uh, just translating all that possession into to chances. I think, you know, it, again, I think Vieira has done a great job with Crystal Palace, first of all. I think they've uh, defensively shored up. Um, again, uh, some great moves with, with Anderson at the back and obviously Conor Gallagher. Uh, I think it's been a a massive boost for them in midfield, uh, and then you got the pace up front, and uh, uh, you know uh, Edouard and Saha, are you so 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 you always uh, you know great on the counter attack, and I think that's always been Man City's the way they play. Um, it's always been their Achilles heel. Whenever they've lost, especially at home, it, it's been on the counter, and, and we saw obviously with Laporte being exposed and, and getting sent off. 
um, and uh, it's caused problems. And, and again, if they don't score, uh, I think they had plenty of chances, but if they don't score, uh, getting in front, um, it, it's, it, it is an Achilles heel in, in these sort of games where the teams sit back and, and are just waiting for those you know, uh, times when Man City lose the ball in exposed areas and, and the fair play to Crystal Palace. So it is a, a, it is a bit of a worrying thing uh, and a theme that sort of haunted them over the last couple of years. They've, they've just lost too many points uh, this way and uh, it's something they need to shore up. Yeah, well, that, that result leaves Chelsea now three points clear of Liverpool as well because Liverpool dropped points as well. So in the same weekend, you got Liverpool dropping points, Man City dropping points. Chelsea now have some daylight at the top of the league. They've only conceded three goals. Claude, I, I remember saying, having a chat with you, your team, I got you very excited about Chelsea. I said, this month is a huge month because I saw the five fixtures that Chelsea had at the top of the table. Yeah, And I said, if you can capitalise on this, this, this window, this month, um, other clubs around you are going to slip up and cost you points. And, it, it, you know, after I think after the, um, was it the Juve loss? Yeah. When they had a couple of, and, and who else in the league, mate? Who was it in the league? City. Um, City, yeah. yeah. I said they can bounce back off this no problem whatsoever because other clubs will miss up. And Chelsea have gone about their business as they should have done. And it's 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 panned out that way. So, again, if they can just capitalise on this next game, um, Chelsea have uh, have got next week. I think they've got an easy tie against Burnley and then the Leicester City, mate. This could have, it could be in a fantastic month for um, for Tuchel. Yeah, very much so. And that result has finished. Everton do lose to Everton. Sorry, Everton do lose to Wolves. So they they are sitting at tenth spot. But it just does feel like Everton is losing to Everton. Actually, uh, it just feels like they're, <laughs> they're their own worst enemy at times. Um, looking at the table, Leeds got a much needed win. They finally move out of that relegation zone. I wanted to ask you guys a question. We've seen the manager merry go round. Usually, when one falls. The rest fall. Cisco went first at Watford. Nuno's gone next. It's ridiculous that we talk like this, but you have to in modern football. Who's next to go? Tommy. Ah, uh, you know, again, if you talk about, uh, I don't know if Fark is, is going at Norwich. I don't know. If no they're just chance. Gonna, they're quite happy with that. They go back to the championship <laughs> and then they get them promoted again. Hang, hang the boots there. Um, I, I think Dean Smith could potentially be in it under a little bit of pressure at Villa if they don't turn around, uh, you know, shortly. I think he's been given a lot of money. He's, there's, you know, he's been able to bring in a lot of players. Um, so, 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 so that is obviously Solskjaer. I think it's still under a bit of pressure. I know the, the result of the weekend has sort of eased it a bit, but he still needs to show continuously that he's the way forward. And, and he's, as I said earlier, I still think he's got issues. So, so I think potentially those are the two. I don't think anyone else is sort of short term. Uh, we saw Hassan Hoodle, he's turning around a bit at Southampton. So, uh, and again, that's more long-term as well for them and potentially a little bit like Norwich. So uh, yeah, Villa, Villa and, um, and still Solskjaer, I think. You see what you've just said there about Hassan Hutton. This is what I really, really like about Southampton. They see the bigger picture. They have a, they have some dodgy yeah, results. Yeah. They see the bigger picture, the board and the director, because they see their manager, who is the head of their organisation, what he's doing with the first grade, what he's doing with the 23s, what he's doing with the academy. And everybody that I speak to back home that is involved in the game and is at academy level speak about the connection that Hassan Hutl has with the coaches at the um, at the academy level and the advice that he gives them they see the bigger picture to their um, to their thing and i, I, I really uh, it's actually refreshing to see a club like that not just look at the top results to see the whole 
um, the, the development that he's given them across the board. It's frightening when you look around Europe, right? Because even we spoke about this one, Bridgie Wolfsburg over in the Bundesliga. They started the season so well. Five matches unbeaten, they were top of the league. They then lost four back-to-back games. It, it can happen, I guess. And they're juggling Champions League as well. They don't have the deepest squad. Mark Van Bommel, who's pretty new to management, was sacked after those four games. So he was, he was top of the league after five. A month later, he's out of a job. Mm-hmm. This is just what we've come to expect now from modern football. But as a player, you guys have probably played in an era where it was maybe not quite like this. I wanted Are to you get kidding? your kidding. I was at Leeds United when we went through managers every week. So it hasn't gotten worse. It's just always been like this. Well, you know, it was it it hasn't. No, um, certain clubs. I don't think it happens as often as it used to. Maybe I'm just losing my memory a little bit. I don't know. But the time I've you know we felt really really together with um, Eddie Gray and David O'Leary that when, when they were there together. You know, mm. we, we knew what was going on. The, we, knew, we had a vision, we had a goal. And then obviously things went on off the field that didn't help Leeds United. David O'Leary had, had gone. Um, who came in? Uh, Terry Venables came in. Mm. And I thought Terry was absolutely unbelievable. He gave us a whole new dynamics tactically, um, but couldn't get, it, couldn't get the project going quick enough. And then we went to Peter Reid. Mm. And then we went, and the lads, we were changing systems, we were changing formations, we were changing tactics. We were having to change um, the rules and regulations and the fines every time a new manager came in. They had their own ideas of what we like to do, what we want. And it just became an absolute plight where you didn't know what you're doing from, you, you didn't have enough time to plan what you were going to do to prepare. And it just became a shambles. And then it was Eddie Gray, then it was Kevin Blackwell. Uh, it was just a shambles. And th- this is what I'm saying. If, if, if it's going to be the merry-go-round about, the players just become uncertain. They're kind of like, oh, well, here we go. We lose mm-hmm. a couple of games, we're going to get somebody else. Yeah, you, you don't respect the manager, you, do you? you? No, you, you don't. You, you, start, you, start to lose, um, you start to lose belief in your club. Mm-hmm. That's what you start to do. I mm-hmm. fully believed Leeds United when I was there. When I, when I signed, I, you know, I turned down Tottenham because I didn't believe what they were all about because at that time when I signed for Tottenham Hotspur, I was on my way. I, it was my club. But when I got down there, George Graham was the coach and George Graham was Mr. Arsenal. So that was the first little alarm bell. They, they'd been in, I'm thinking, how long have you really got? You've, you've done great things at Arsenal, but you're, you're a manager of Tottenham now. The fans aren't going to really embrace There was just too many warning signs around what had happened. Alan Sugar came in and didn't really give me the full faith of what he was about. It was He was very rude and arrogant, to be honest with you. Um, and I think we've all seen that on the Celebrity Apprentice when he does over here. He, he basically signed me, but told us that he'd be sacking me pretty soon. So I, I got a really bad vibe when Leeds United, they sold the vision. Mm. Uh, they had it in plan. They met the players, the young players. They said, this is how work we've done. They And then uh, it was a fantastic time apart from the injuries, but the club lost sight of the vision and the players and the managers. And then we did. We lost the belief. And that's what's happening with Tottenham Hotspur. And it can happen very, very easily when you start shredding managers left, right and centre. Mm. Yeah, but I also think that um, you know it, it, it's always alarm bells ring for me when when you when you got a situation like Wolfsburg, when you got a situation like Tottenham, about you know who who's running the ship, like who's the leadership that has done. Obviously, their due diligence on 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 Van Bommel, uh, young manager, uh, great start. Obviously, hits a little bit of a bump. And then they sack him. I'm like, what was the plan in the first place? Yeah. Uh, I know there's expectations from the outside, and uh, but you know, surely you come in with a plan that you're gonna back. Uh, you have a strategy, uh, and sometimes I question these, you know, head of head of clubs that um, you know they make these rash decisions because yeah. what, what were your intentions in the first place? Yeah. 
And do, uh, do you know the, and, the other and, thing and, off, uh, off the back of that, Tommy? And we see with that setter. Mm. No, we, we see with that setter. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, there was, you know, they could have sacked him. If they buckled under pressure and, and not believed in the process, you know, he would have been gone four or five games ago. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes, you know, with Ella Ferguson is probably the best example of all where he was so close to being fired and, and then <laughs> where they ended up eventually. Um, so, you know, it, it's that feel you've got to have. And, and it puts a lot of emphasis on, on these, these club owners because you've got to understand what's going on behind the scenes. What is the feeling in the camp? What's going on on the training field? You know, what's the connection between the managers and the players? And if that is still there, and if that core is is working, a couple of bad results shouldn't change it. And 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 some sometimes you just feel these there's a disconnect, and 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 they just see the you know they hear what the press is saying, or probably what some fans are shouting in the stand, and and then they just pull the trigger uh, and, and sack the manager. Uh, and it's not always for the better. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that, that's that's what that's the tug of war of modern football, really. It's do you give it more time? Time is money as well. How much time yeah, yeah. is too much time? And it's just, it's yeah. No one, no one really has the answers, I guess. And we'll see what happens with Tottenham now. Antonio but next, Conte, but Claude's next time Arteta's under the same amount of pressure and they lose a few games. He's been in that situation now. He's yeah. he will know how to resolve that situation or handle it better. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Bridges. The fact that the players, as well, when they know the manager's here, no matter what, they've got to get their finger out and get back to work. Whereas, if you know that the manager could be going in the next few weeks, you might carry on just with the same energy, knowing he'll be out the door in a few weeks. Once the board come out and back the manager, he's staying no matter what. So you better get your act on, otherwise you're on the bench. And I think that's it's very important that the board does back the manager until the final day. I wanted to ask you guys uh, one more yeah, question. No, look- Sorry, Tommy. Oh, yeah. again, it's just a short, short ad because that all, you know, if that, you know, if you know that the board is looking to sack, I think there's always a dynamic in a changing room. The people who are on the fringe, who's probably not the favorite of the current manager, they will go into, uh, you know, they'll go into overdrive, you know, to, to, to create a bad vibe, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it can then sort of turn the total opposite way because they, they'll try to put a fork in the wheel of, uh, and get him out. So, you know, it's sort of a. It just strengthened uh, the bad, the bad situation uh, in the dressing room as well. Um, so, so that's why the 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 front that the club has with the manager, uh, you know, that they stand by him. I think is so important. Uh, you know, going forward. Uh, times are changing. I just wanted to add a quick note on the fact that uh, you had a few quotes come out midweek. Uh, Jose Mourinho, who's very vocal about what he thinks about the young players coming through and whenever now he moves clubs and he's managing young players with social media and they're out on the town wearing designer brands in their teenage years and that their, their attitudes has changed. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic came out during the week in a week where he scored a fantastic goal at 40 years of age. He came out and he, and he made some interesting comments about Kylian Mbappe. And the fact that he needs to get a taste for blood, walk on fire, surround yourself with people that say you aren't good enough. You'll be better once you get out of your comfort zone. I wanted to get your opinion firstly on that, specifically Kylian Mbappe, Erling Haaland, these players, do they need to move on? Where do they go? And just the young generation at the moment, the money that some of these young players are on, so many of the, it's, it's almost like football's at a crossroads now between two generations, the oldies, not oldies, but that previous generation, which looked down and just said, there's no values, there's no hunger, there's no desire in these young players anymore. Do you see that? No. Uh, no, I, I, no. 
I think it's 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 always been there. Like it, it was, yeah, the money wasn't the same when we were playing, but, but there it was, was still it, players. It, that- it, it was Tommy at a certain point because it it, it went ballistic in ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, yeah, but but I didn't you, you think still it would see get any the same further attitude. You still see, you know, we still saw players at that time that, you know, were you know were happy with where they were and probably yeah. lost a bit of, you know. But I think it it all comes back to what are your, you know, what are your original goals? Because I think, you know, you look at Ronaldo, you look at Messi, and you know, I don't know Mbappe personally, but but to get to that level, you you gotta have a drive. That's not about money. You, you got to have a drive about success, about personal improvement, and I think as long as you have that, um, if that's your core driving force, I, I don't think money will ever be a problem for you. But but the problem is if if you don't have that, if if you then get swayed um, and, and probably have the wrong people around you, people who, yeah. who doesn't keep you focused. People that's going to drag you in the opposite direction, uh, you know, turn you towards uh, commercial deals and doing all sorts of, of things, you know, parties, fashion, you know, and if you can't distract from that and keep those two things separate, I, I, I think you see you see players that that's you know they they they're great for a couple of years and then they just get sucked in or or lose the the desire because their original intentions were were not true to 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 football and to improving, um, and and again, uh, Mbappe, I think he he's shown desire to to go. You know, he, he probably will go to to Real Madrid to probably try to prove that. Um, what Slatten is sort of alluding to, um, but again, we we got to know him as a person to to sort of <laughs> get a get a, a a proper judgment on it. But he seems he seems dedicated to me. Yeah. you know, we can always do more, but. Uh, what I took out of that, Tommy, you said something about the people that represent them and look after them. And I know that Alfie Holland, um, who I played with at Leeds United, has a lot to do with his son. Um, and, you know, he's, he's been his agent and looking after him and, and making sure that he's doing the right thing. And I think the biggest thing that they decided was one more year at Dortmund. Yeah. One more year. Um, but when he went to Dortmund and there was talk he could have gone anywhere else, they went to a club that played and would actually play to his style and his strengths. And that was counter-attacking football. That was, you know, blistering pace. And Dortmund had that. And he's gone and excelled. And he, he, he's absolutely brilliant. He's had the right advice from that. I don't know who looks after Mbappe. Um, but I, I think I think Haaland has got the, the, the mentality and the drive to go on and, and want to go to bigger and better clubs because he knows how it can help him. But I think he'd be managed very well behind the scenes from that um, and go to a club that suits him. Mbappe, I think if, if Zlatan's giving you a, a critique. Zlatan, for me, is the king, and he's still doing it to this day. And if you want to take a, a leaf out of anybody's book, it should be out as Zlatan's because of the way he handles himself and, and looks after himself on and off the field. Whether you, you want to have that kind of arrogance about you and, and talk about you in a third party, that's the question mark for me. But listen, <laughs> he, he thinks he's a lie and he can get on with it. I, I, I think Mbappe should move, and I'd like to see him go to a, a, a tougher league because I look at the... I just go back to... To my situation at Sunderland, I was playing second fiddle to Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn. I was coming through. I was, you know, I was educating myself. I was learning off these two guys. Quinny mentored me brilliantly off the field. Um, and I admired what Kevin did in training. The way he could score goals at will, he was brilliant. But I had to wait for one of them to get injured so I could play. And it got to the point where you've been there three years, you're going, hang on, I've got to drive here. I've got, I, I want to be playing 
first team football. I know I'm ready now. And that was the opportunity when, when it came. Then I made a big decision not to sign a contract at Sunderland to see it out and force their hand to actually have to sell me. And I went to play with no disrespect to the boys, better players, better younger players as well. And it, my, my football education knowledge went through the roof. I was not a Leeds United. I was definitely not a player that I thought would be a top three player or in a top three club in the Premier League. Yeah. But when I went to play with them, I was yeah, really I also think I worked my arse off off I the also field. Think for, yeah, but also think like if we go back to Mbappe, I think... I think you know, you're playing in the French league. They're already eight points out, eight points clear after, yeah. you know, after twelve. He's games. not challenging so, himself. No, no, no. And and you don't have to perform week in and week yeah. out. And and like you say, Bridgie, you know, you need to be somewhere with that pressure to to perform, yeah. um, you know, at the highest level because that's going to drive you as well. That, that that's going to take you away from complacency because yeah. you know you have to do it. Where probably at PSG. You know, you can get away with a few sort of half-hearted performances. And Claude, you laugh. You mentioned social media, how the boys, Mourinho said, oh, the boys have all got social media. Well, I'll tell you what, me and Tommy went from having mobile phones that were like bricks <laughs> to getting down to these little Nokia phones. And we had to deal with our media managers telling us, boys, you better be careful nowadays. There's phones have got cameras on. Yeah. Like cameras? What? <laughs> yeah, you better Bridget, be careful. All we could do... All we could do was play Snake, Bridgie. That was all we could do. I know, man. What a good game that was. But the cameras came out and they're like, we're warning you. And we were like, yeah, whatever. And I'll tell you what, there was a lot of players got caught out with kiss and tell stories because of these cameras. Mm-hmm. So we, you, you've always, the world is always evolving. It's evolving so quick these days that you've mm-hmm. got to keep your foot on the accelerator. And I believe that Jose Mourinho has come out with a few comments saying the players have got these and they've got this. Man, that's the way the world is. You, if, you tell a, if you tell a younger player nowadays that you cannot be on social media, you can't be on Instagram and doing this kind of stuff. You lose that player straight away. Mm. I think Mourinho has, he, he had an unbelievable spell as a, as a coach and manager and I respect everything he's done. I don't think he evolved with the generation and the times with the players off the field. And I don't think he, he, he understands that side of it. And I think that's why he can offside a lot of people and doesn't understand it and buy into it. Mm. Yeah, we've got to go with the times. We're dinosaurs, like you say, Claude. I'm getting older. We're dinosaurs, <laughs> but I still try to get advice off you when you talk about TikTok. I speak to my kids about it because I know my players at Edgeworth Eagles are doing this, and I want to be on the front foot to understand what it's about and how I can help them and understand. So that makes me become a better coach and build a relationship with them. And you can give them that guidance that they probably need because it's unknown territory. I, I see you with your fades. I see you with your haircuts now, Bridgie, mate. I, I know you're keeping up with the times. <laughs> Looking sharp. Gentlemen, quick one, super quick one because we're, we're over time as we always are. But just wanted a quick word from you guys on the biggest game coming up this weekend. United up against City. All I want is a prediction on this one because I, I, I have my opinion. Tommy, prediction. What's going to happen? Oh, it's going to be tight. Uh, local derby, uh, like we've seen in the past. United, uh, even when they've you know not played well, they've they've you know they've gone to City and won. And I think you know Solskjaer is going to play that same. I think he, he's going to stick with the the three, uh, the five, um, uh, and be solid. And then again, uh, try to expose Man City. You know who's not going to change. Um, try to expose what. Crystal Palace did uh, what Leicester's done in the past, what other teams have done. Um, you know, do do a little bit of the same uh, job as as they did against Tottenham as well. So, um, I, I actually think uh, United could win this one. So I'm going one nil United. Wow. wow. Would you? Well, I'm you know I'm looking at the last few results. City uh, United won the last one two nil. It was a draw before that at Old Trafford. Then United again two nil over City. Mm. United. What is it? They've won the last. 
one, two, three. Won the last three matches and drawn. It's all in United's favour. I'm going to go totally against that here. Mm. And I'm going to say that Man City are going to annihilate them. <laughs> really? Yep. It, it, it's almost because that, that lost could be the weekend. end. That could be the end of Solskjaer then. That could be the end. If, if they get another hiding, you know, where does he go then? You know, like, that, 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 What's your you take, Claude? Because I'm obviously Tommy's going Man United. I'm yeah. going City, and I'm going City heavily. I, I agree with you. I think City win this one. The reason is as well. I, I'd be worried if, knowing that City have lost last week two 0 yeah. at home. Pep doesn't yeah. lose twice in a row, yeah. so I'd be worried. So I think he bounces back here. You're going to give me a number? How many goals, Bridgie? I'm going to go for three plus three for three City. Plus. Three plus. Wow! Yeah. What a game, cool. though. What a game. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic game. It's the early game as well coming up on Optus Sport, and there's plenty more coming up. Gentlemen, I'm going to let you go. It's Melbourne Cup Day, so wherever you are, enjoy yourselves. I know Bridget didn't come into the Optus office. He had some great excuses. We all know why he's not in today, but that, that's all good. Have fun, gentlemen. That's what it's all about. And uh, thanks Any for joining tips? us. Any tips, Claude? I've got no idea. I've got no, no idea, but we've got a few hours now. Tommy? <laughs> must say, well, we might as well give the listeners person, something. Mate. <laughs> I think I think you're the you're the best bet to to come up with a with a, with something you know where where you know you got you got connections I know in, in that business. Well, you know I've got got a few mate. Had a you know had a horse called Lifus, but no, I've I've honestly got no idea in the Melbourne Cup. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to have a a little flutter on the first five, and I'm going to box five randoms off and see if I can um, retire. <laughs> Enjoy yourself, Bridgie. I'm sure you have not a few. From, not from the gagging part, though. Not from the gagging No, part. never, mate. Because it's good. Ch- it's one time <laughs> I get to catch up with you because you're always in blooming lockdown in Melbourne. So this is the only time we get to see each other. I'm just looking forward to the day we can do this live together once again, Tommy, mate. So oh, listen, stay safe, enjoy. And it looks lovely weather down there, by the way. Yeah, 30 degrees. So, uh, you know, it's time to go to the beach, I think. <laughs> enjoy, gents. Uh, thanks for joining me cracking week of football we've got Champions League as well to look forward to so there's no rest for you guys early mornings all week I'll catch you at the same time next week and for everyone watching from home thanks for joining us jump on the Optus Sport app for all the highlights news everything you'd ever need in the world of football and we'll see you next week on the Gagan Pod Hey marketers, want a matchmaker to set you up with your perfect audience? Well, look no further. Get intimate right away with host red sponsorships with Acast. Use Acast's self-serve ad platform to search and partner up with a podcast or two from our network of more than 100,000 shows. Have them sing your praises in their own words. And get their listeners ready to be wooed into loyal customers. It's the ultimate loving endorsement. Book host red sponsorships with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started.